So I'm continuing a theme that Keith has actually talked about the last couple of weeks. If you remember uh, two weeks ago, and if you don't, you can go back and listen uh, on our podcast. You can find it on all the podcasting services. Just search for Life Path Church. Um, two weeks ago, Keith, uh, Keith talked about the question of who is my family? Right, uh, and and talked about that story when when uh, Jesus was teaching, and they said, "Your mother and your brothers and sisters are or your mother and your brothers are outside." And he says, "Who is my mother? Who are my brothers and sisters?" And the point of that is that that Jesus elevated the 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 spiritual family to be in in the same place as the as the biological family by saying that we are connected, we are brothers and sisters. Um, and so those of us at Life Path are connected, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Those of us across the globe, we're brothers and sisters in Christ with James and India and all the women that we're serving there. So so it's important for us to understand that, that that's a, a key concept here in what I'm gonna to say today. Last week, um, uh, the question that, that Keith worked with was actually not necessarily related to family, but it was related to church. The question was, what is the kingdom of God like? Uh, and if you remember last week, he encouraged us to be a society of, of Christ followers based in love and compassion. That church is not an event. It's not a place you go. It's not a thing you do. It is a people. And we are the church and we care for one another. So today we're going to look at a few stories from the life of Mary. Um, I don't feel like we look at Mary very often, uh, and it, it may just be because of some some confusion about about who Mary is and what she does. I was talking with some friends the other day about this, um, and of course our Catholic brothers and sisters um, have a very special place for Mary, and I think sometimes um, as Protestants, some of us who were raised Protestant may have an aversion to that. We may be a little little afraid to talk too highly of Mary, but but it's what an amazing, beautiful thing. Um, Keith mentioned I had a choir concert last night, which just always reminds me. I do a lot of sacred pieces in Latin because that's kind of the the uh, the core of the choral repertoire over the centuries. And so, so these these text phrases come up a lot in Latin that talk about Mary literally being the doorway through which God came into the world. Right, um, the God bearer, the one who brings God into being. And I like, what an amazing, beautiful concept, right? So I think it's kind of cool that we can talk about Mary um, as the mother of Jesus, the God-man, right? And what a cool honor that that is. So we're going to talk a little bit about Mary today, but but again, the concept here is not about uh, being a mother or mothering or motherhood. It's about nurturing because we can learn some things from Mary and her example that help us to nurture one another. Um, and that sometimes may, to some of us, may feel like a, a, a feminine characteristic, but I just sort of want to squash that at the beginning. Um, a, there's no male or female. We're all one in Christ Jesus, right? Um, but secondly, like nurturing is something we all do for one another. Uh, and so we're going to talk about these things. So uh, three things really today, just to give you a little heads up. I don't have an outline, but uh, you can remember these three things, I think. Um, we're going to talk about how nurturing means remembering. We're going to talk about how nurturing means encouraging, and we're going to talk about how nurturing means showing up. So we'll get to each one of these in detail. So nurturing, first of all, nurturing means remembering. What does it mean to, to remember? The story that I focus in on with this point, which I love, um, is actually less of a story and more of a comment. Um, in, in the second chapter of Luke, Luke 2.19, um, this is after uh, Jesus is born, uh, and the story talks about, you know, there were animals there, and the shepherds were out in the fields, and they heard, and, and it was amazing, and they ran, and they told everyone, and it was this really intense kind of thing. And there's this little verse, verse 219, that says that Mary treasured up all these things 
and pondered them in her heart. And the reason I love that verse so much is because we actually, we're pretty, we're pretty sure that Luke, who, who wrote the Gospel of Luke, got much of his information from Mary herself. Luke and Mary had a connection. So he was hearing these stories from Mary. So when Luke writes that Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in, in, pondered them in her heart, we can be pretty sure that that's something Mary said to Luke. And what was she pondering? What was she treasuring? Think about everything that happened in the first couple of chapters of Luke, right? Mary finds out that not only is she pregnant, but she's pregnant without ever having been with a man, that it's God's child, like angels came to visit her. She had the interaction with, with her cousin and, and that whole thing. Uh, and then this, this whole thing happened with they you know couldn't find a place to stay. They had to travel to Bethlehem and it was hard and it was rough and they went there. And they finally found a place where they could stay, but it was, you know, kind of in the bottom part of the house where the animals were. And, and then the, the angels came to the shepherds and like all this stuff. And it's like, I got to remember this. This is important. This is, this is deeply meaningful, right? So Mary ponders these things. And it makes me think of a baby book. Right? Those of you who have kids probably have some sort of a record of some of the earliest parts of your children's lives. Um, and if you have a second kid, um, you probably have a second book that's not quite as thick, that's not quite as detailed. It's not. And if you have a third kid, you may only have two baby books. I, you know, it's just kind of how it works. Jesus was the first kid. And this is Mary's baby book. She's saying, I got to remember this. I got to remember the smells and the sights and the sounds. And I got to remember the people that are coming in because guess what? I bet you anything she told Jesus some of these stories later on. What about when Jesus was six or seven or eight? What about when he was 12 and he went to the temple and they had that whole kerfuffle where they lost him? Like, do you think Mary had been telling him these stories about, you know, Jesus, you're pretty special. You're, you came into the world in a pretty amazing way. Like, I don't know, maybe she did, but we know at least she treasured these things and she pondered them. So what does this have to do with nurturing one another? Nurturing one another in the family of Christ means remembering the special circumstances of someone else's life, remembering their character and celebrating their character and who they are and all of the things that make them special. Sometimes that's remembering old stories and telling old stories. Sometimes that's calling out a special gift or a special uh, part of a person's character. Um, it reminds me, uh, we, we tell stories like this a lot in our house. Um, and, and honestly, this is one of the one of the good things about Facebook. I have really mixed feelings about social media and Facebook, but my wife is an expert at it and she uses it really well in mainly healthy ways all the time. And so we'll see the memories pop up. That wasn't a dig. I mean, it's, it's good. It's healthy ways. Um, I get my cues from Keith. Keith is laughing and I'm like, oh no, I just said something I shouldn't have said. No, here's what I mean. I mean that, that uh, these Facebook memories pop up about crazy, ridiculous things that um, maybe that, that Jack did when he was a kid and he makes some crazy comment and we all laughed at it. And, and Elisa has the forethought to, to put that into Facebook and post it. So then now 10 years later, eight, nine, 10 years later, these things pop up and we're like, hey, I remember that. And these stories tell us about someone's character. They tell us about who, who they are and what they were like. Um, recently in my family, we were telling a story, we were talking about, um, we're talking with Kaysen and reminding her of the story of um, when she was in the seventh grade 
and I hope she probably wouldn't wouldn't be embarrassed for me to say this because many of you know this. She actually wrote a screenplay. Um, she got really excited about a book series that she read, and when the book series was over, she was like, I want to finish the story. So she wrote in, like an additional whole story. It was a 70-page movie screenplay. And then we got people to come and film it and act out the roles, and we have this whole movie that she made when she was like 11 years old. And the reason we were telling her that story is because we were, we were saying to her, do you remember how many people came out to support you in that? How many friends and family showed up to to play a, a bit part, right? And many of them were from Life Path. Uh, many of them were either on screen or they were behind the scenes helping with scripts and helping with other things. Like then so many people showed up over the course of many, many, many weeks to make this thing happen. And that story that we engaged in to remember was a really encouraging story to say, you know what? Yeah, people care about you and people care about what you do and you are loved. And that was kind of our message to Kaysen in that story. So telling stories like that is really important to be able to remember those things. So what that looks like for us in our community, what that looks like for us as the body of Christ, um, you know, it, it means telling other people about the gifts and blessings in their lives. Saying to someone, you know, you really are special because of this and that and that. And like to, to explain that or to say to them, remember that time when you came and you did this for me? That was really meaningful and, and that was really important. So to be able to, to help people remember, to treasure up these things and ponder them in our hearts, that's what it looks like to nurture one another as the body of Christ. So I want to take a brief second here, and this may seem a little unusual, but what I want to do is I want to just have a few minutes of silence, not minutes, maybe a few seconds of silence, because I want you to take the next action step of deciding, who am I going to nurture in this way? Who in my Life Path faith community, or maybe in my global faith community, who can I nurture in this way by remembering who they are, what they've done, all of those kinds of things? So I'm going to take a brief pause. I want you to think about who that might be and how that might happen for you this week. Hopefully you're able to think of somebody. Maybe jot that down on a piece of paper, on a sticky note, or maybe cut out some hearts like Bethany said, and you can use those to jot these things down. I'd love it if everybody sort of taken and took an intentional step this week of nurturing by remembering. All right, so I want to move on to the second story, uh, and this is a good one. Um, the second thing I want to talk about is that nurturing also means encouraging. And what does encouraging mean? The word courage is part of that, right? To encourage someone is to literally give them the courage to go and do something that maybe they weren't going to do before. One of my favorite other stories that involves Mary is in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verse 5. This is the wedding at Cana. So I'll, I'll briefly paraphrase it. If you remember the story, Jesus is at a wedding because he had friends and he went to parties. Um, we know this. And so he's at the party, but the party uh, planners didn't do a really good job or maybe people just drank too much and they ran out of wine. Well, Jesus' mother is also at the party. And Jesus comes to him, I mean, sorry, Mary comes to Jesus and says to him, hey, we need to do something about this wine. There's, there's a problem. You, you need to fix it. 
And I know we've been doing a series on the questions Jesus asked, and I briefly thought about making this the question of the week, but I didn't think it was really good because Jesus' question back to her was, dear woman, why do you involve me? (laughs) Questions Jesus asked. He says to his mother, why are you getting me involved in this, right? Um, But here's the beautiful thing about this story. And again, I don't know what details are left out, but what we have in the story in my 21st century interpretation is a beautiful snapshot. Jesus says... Why do you involve me? My time has not yet come. Mary doesn't even acknowledge that. And she turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. (laughs) Like she just completely bypasses his objection and says, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to make sure this happens and goes to the servants and says, hey, servants, do whatever he tells you. I almost called this part nurturing means pushing. (laughs) Because it was less encouragement and more just kind of shoving him out into the spotlight saying, it's time, Jesus, do your thing, fix this situation and be who you are. And it just makes me think about how much when we nurture others, it's often about pushing them to do things they never would have done on their own. How many things in your life have you done, but maybe you were a little unsure of your ability to do it? You were a little nervous, you were a little scared, but other voices in your life spoke into your life and said, you need to do this. You are capable, you are strong, and you can make this happen. That sort of encouragement to do something, that's what Mary shows us in this story. She just puts Jesus out there, and as we know in the Gospel of John, this is the first of the seven signs that John records that that illustrate who Jesus was and what he came to do. So I think it's a beautiful story to think about, um, and it reminded me of another story, actually, uh, here in our LifePath community, um, and I was chatting with Sabrina this morning to make sure it was okay to share this, so you can ask her to fill in the details if you want, um, but I remember a time when when um, Sabrina was involved, and she had, she had come to our church to kind of check things out, and then she liked it, so she stayed, and the more she stayed here, the more we began to see gifts in her and abilities in her, and there was a specific time when many of us spoke into her life and said, Sabrina, you have real pastoral gifts. You really could add so much to Life Path if you became one of our pastoral team. And I know it was a complex decision. There were a lot of other factors, but she, she definitely acknowledges that that encouragement, speaking into her life in that way, helped her to get over whatever uncertainty she had about actually being a pastor. And particularly because she's a woman and there's sometimes a lot of baggage that comes with that in other church traditions. And so that's a, that's a situation where the church was sort of able to come alongside someone and say, you have gifts and we need to see those gifts in action. And I'll tell you, there are some, some of you sitting right here on the Zoom call who, who I could easily say many things like that about. We want to see you. We want to see you using your gifts. We want to we push you the way that Mary pushed Jesus and say, you know what, it's time. Just do whatever he says, right, and get you out there. So what does that look like in our community? What does that look like? How can you help to nurture others? I think we need to think about who our friends are and who they were truly meant to be and encourage them to do that. Encourage them to step out of their comfort zone and live into their calling and live into the things uh, th- their gifts, the things that they're able to, to give and to contribute, not only to our church, but also to our world. Um, maybe you've got a friend who's considering different job opportunities, and maybe you need to say, you know, I really see you being able to contribute to the world in a powerful way if you follow this path, because, because that's who you are. Maybe that's the way we do that. Nurturing means encouraging, giving people the courage to make the decisions that they couldn't um, 
make on their own, perhaps. So again, I'll take another quick 30-second break here. Who in your life, in your faith life, in your faith community, your spiritual family, who can you encourage this way? Who can you strengthen and, and get encourage them to live out their identity of who they truly are? How will you nurture by encouraging someone to be who they really are? And if you're keeping an eye on the chat, you'll see that, that Melanie is very helpfully putting these uh, questions in there. I thank you so much for that, Melanie. That's awesome. Um, so again, so we want to think about how are you going to nurture others by remembering who someone is and what they've done and celebrating that? How can you nurture by encouraging and strengthening people to be who they truly are? And then the third thing that we want to do is we want to, the third story is about uh, nurturing actually means, sometimes it just means showing up. Nurturing means just being present. And the story that I talk about here that I want to think about here is um, the, the very last moments of Jesus' life. Imagine all that Mary treasured up in her heart and pondered, and now imagine her standing at the foot of the cross and watching her son suffering and dying, right? This is the story we get. She showed up. She was there with a few others, uh, with a few other women. Uh, and, and in the Gospel of John, it, it tells us that um, uh, the, the, the disciple that Jesus loved, which, which is John, it's how he describes himself, he was also there. And from the cross, Jesus says to his mother, mother, here is your son, talking about John. And he says to John, here is your mother. He essentially provides a way for John to take care of Mary. And it says that Mary went and lived with John for the rest of her life. But Mary was there. She just showed up. We don't get many glimpses of her through the Gospels, but she's there at the end when it's most important. And to me, it makes me think about how nurturing, caring for others sometimes just means showing up. It means showing up in their deepest moments of pain. And you don't even have to say anything. You don't have to help. You don't have to do anything. Sometimes just showing up and sitting with someone is all you need to do. Sometimes maybe it looks like just sending a text and saying, I'm here. Is there anything you need? Just know that I'm, I'm with you, right? So showing up is a really important part of nurturing, of how we nurture one another. Um, it reminds me of a story in my own life that happened a few years ago. Um, I had a friend who uh, um, got sick and went in the hospital. He had some, um, some intestinal and digestion sort of issues and, and um, had a pretty bad thing. And so anyway, he went in the hospital and I'm not a big fan of, of hospitals. I have to be honest, it's really challenging for me. Um, but a few years ago, I was in the hospital um, with something quite serious. And it meant so much to me when people were thoughtful and they came to visit and they came to do that. And so as hard as it is for me, um, I'm really a terrible pastor in this way. It's so hard for me to go into hospitals and like see people who are suffering because I just don't know. I feel awkward. I don't know what to do. I just willed myself. I said, I'm going to go see my friend. I just want to go do it. And so I went to the hospital and found where he was and, and found the nurse. And I said, you know, is he in there? Can I go see him? And she says, yeah, I, I think it's okay. He might be asleep, but I, you can go ahead and go on in. I went in and he was asleep. Oh my gosh, I felt terrible. I was like, oh, what do I do? And do I wake him up? Do I not? And I'm sitting there trying to decide. And he kind of stirred and he sees me and he wakes up and he's surprised to see me. And we had a quick, brief conversation, a little chit-chat. We talked about how he was feeling, about what was happening. And 
just kind of some brief chit chat. And then, and then he said to me, okay, I'm going to go back to sleep now. Bye-bye. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I left kind of awkwardly. And you know, you want to feel like if you do something good like that, that you get this wonderful, joyous feeling of like, I did this great thing, but I didn't, I walked out. I felt terrible. I felt, I second guessed myself. I was like, I shouldn't have been there. That was really awkward and weird, you know, but here's, here's the thing. This friend of mine, about a year and a half after that, uh, well, shortly after that, he actually got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. They found out as a, that's kind of what this was a complication of. He lived for about another, about another year and a half. He battled cancer and, and, and eventually lost that battle and he died. He passed away. And it wasn't until his wife, his widow, was telling Elisa, was talking to Elisa. She said to Elisa, you know that time that Dwayne came and, and visited Dave in the hospital meant so much to both of us. And like, I hadn't known, I didn't know at the time and I hadn't known that whole time and I still had felt awkward about it. All I did was show up, guys. All I did was just walk into the hospital room and say, hey buddy, how you doing? How you feeling? Just wanted to come and say hi. And it, it meant so much to them. And in hindsight, it, it was like, duh, I'm just so stupid that I don't do that more often because that's all people really want sometimes is just for you to show up. Show up and be there. So what does this look like for us in our community? You know, it, it can be visiting someone in a hospital. It can be showing up when they're in a time of crisis. It also might just mean visiting with them on their back porch or their back deck. It might mean taking them to coffee. It might mean going for a walk because you know they're going through something or maybe they need to visit and they need a little company. It might, again, it might be just be sending a text message. Just showing up makes such a huge difference when we're nurturing one another. So... Again, I want you to think about this um, question. Give me a, like not give me, but give yourself a specific person. Is there somebody for whom you can just show up? How can you nurture by showing up for somebody? Who are you gonna show up for and how are you gonna make that happen? Think about that for just a couple of seconds. So the lessons today that we can take away from Mary and her nurturing spirit are that nurturing sometimes means remembering. How do we remember, treasure, ponder these things in our hearts about who people are, what they've, what they've done? How do we encourage them? Nurturing is sometimes encouraging by pushing them to do things that maybe they wouldn't otherwise do, encouraging them to live as who they truly are. And sometimes nurturing is just showing up, being there for somebody in a time of need.